Hi there, glad to have you back with us for this week's episode of the CMO's Guide to Everything. Today, I'm excited for you to meet Joel Gubich, Head of Marketing and Sales for Vesterly, an AI-driven content curation engine. He's also the author of the book, Hyper Leverage, Do More with What You Have for Exceptional Results. Joel is a veteran marketing executive, entrepreneur, and recognized industry thought leader when it comes to video marketing, content marketing, and naturally, business leverage. The CMO's Guide to Everything podcast is sponsored by Advertos, a digital marketing agency. Advertos helps B2B technology companies to target potential customers with laser accuracy and micro-targeted messaging. The firm leverages a mix of creativity, strategy, and digital technology to produce measurable results. To learn more, visit Advertos.com. Welcome, Joel. Well, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to have some fun this afternoon. Excellent. So you published a book last year, Hyper Leverage, Do More With What You Have. Tell us a little bit about that term, hyper leverage. Well, we all know what the word leverage is, or we think we know what the word leverage is. In fact, we rarely know how to leverage leverage. And that's what I thought about when I was writing my book. Leverage is something that sometimes just happens or we have in a situation where we think we can take advantage of something. But hyper leverage is something that businesses and even individuals can do to actually weigh uh, the scales in their advantage. It means that you're proactive and you're also systematic in terms of looking for those resources, the assets, anything that you can leverage. Instead of it just happening, you actually have to work on it. You have to think about it. And that's the difference between just regular leverage and hyper leverage. It takes it to a higher degree, a higher standard. So when people are looking across their content, it's creating content out of things that previously may not have looked like it would be a content source, yeah? That's one way, definitely. Another way that that companies uh, or individuals, because the the playing field is so level now in terms of content marketing. Anybody from a single person LLC to a gigantic enterprise are using the same platforms, essentially, social media, email. And it's how they are able to leverage that and able to leverage content. So for example, one of the things that Vesterly, uh, the company I am, I work for, that we do and we help companies do, we help them leverage content by being able to essentially curate content from anywhere around the world. And that means you could you can find, anybody can find third-party content or original content or licensed content that they can use themselves in order to communicate with their audience. That's very important because we tend to forget that it's the audience that really is essentially going to tell us what content they want to consume. We can think that we know what they want, but it's only when we understand as a company or as a marketer what the consumer actually wants to read or hear or see that we are able to do our jobs better as marketers. Sure. Is is there a way of knowing that ahead of time? You know, so often in marketing, we try guessing first. We have a sense. We think we know. It's a little bit of a scientific process. We throw out a um, you know, hypothesis and we test it and then we get the results back and hone it from there. Is there 
maybe perhaps a smarter way of doing that to to really key in on what the audience is looking for before even sending out those first tests? Well, yes and no. Uh, so Vesterly, for example, that's I, I love those yes and no answers, don't you? I mean, that's like, <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. It's okay, it's can't okay. <laughs> well, so Vesterly uses artificial intelligence. Right. And we create an artificial intelligence loop so that we start by understanding uh, through the classic marketing mechanisms of who our audience is. You can create all the different profiles, uh, but you can also determine based on the audience what they have already been consuming in terms of content. And then you feed that into your content engine like ours, driven by an artificial intelligence software. And it, it, it filters out based on keywords, based on usage, and then it continuously learns. So if I send you a article on cooking chocolate cakes and that really resonates with you and you've clicked on that, I now know that chocolate cakes or cake or bakery or things like that, and I'm gonna feed you more content based on that. Now, it's a little uh, creepy perhaps in that uh, we end up feeding you the same giving you the same information perhaps, but the way our artificial intelligence works is that it's more like a Pandora radio. You don't get exactly the same thing every time. It expands your horizons. And as it expands, it learns other things that you, you are interested in that you may not have thought that you're that interested in. So the answer to whether you can learn beforehand up to a point, but you really need that artificial intelligence machine learning uh, using natural language uh, processing to to, to get the data to create this uh, iterative loop. Interesting. So let's go back to process for a minute. In your book, you reference the do it method methodology. Can you break that down for us a little bit? Absolutely. So I had a challenge. Everybody has to come up with an acronym. So I had lots of different acronyms for a methodology that I wanted to. Uh, basically, I was distilling uh, all of the years of having been an entrepreneur, being an executive uh, a manager, being a executive consultant. I wanted to distill that all those lessons down into one. So I came down, came out with uh, the the word "do it" because it goes back to leverage. If you don't take action on something, you're not going to be able to hyper leverage. You've got to take action. You got to be proactive. So the D is deconstruct, and the D and how you deconstruct is using something simple like a leverage, I mean, uh, like a prism. When we look at a prism, light goes in, it's singular. And when it comes out, it's lots of different colors. So when you think of deconstructing a problem, if you don't deconstruct it into the different components, you're not going to be able to find those nuggets that you can leverage. And the second part, the O, is to organize. So let's say you're going down the wrong path. You're, you're, you're wasting too much time doing trying to sell to uh, gold to uh, to you know natural gas uh, producers you know that isn't going to work so you organize and you make sure that you're only working with those areas that you can leverage the most i is improve what kind of things do can i improve can i hire somebody can i buy a piece of machinery that's going to be able to help me do things even better and then T, the most important part of all of this, because we can all plan these things out, but you've got to take action. You got to be, you got to, you got to put the foot on the gas pedal. 
It's not enough just to plan it out. So that's what a do it is. Just do it. I love that. I love that. So in the companies that you've worked with, you know, obviously every team is a little bit different, but what do you see some, where do you see the most common struggles in that process? Well, there are a couple of struggles that I see. Number one, getting back to the issue and the, the essence of hyper leverage. I think that what we find is we don't get to the essentials. We end up spending a lot of time on things that are secondary or tertiary to the problem. They may be the uh, flavor of the day or the month, but the more that you get down to your essentials, call it your niche or whatever, your, your true core, that's, that's really important. Uh, and it's great to have ideas, but they can go down different paths. And then before you know it, you know, nothing's getting done. The second thing, really important. I am a big believer in thinking backwards. And by that, I mean, visualize the end. And then what is the step before the end that you need to be? And then the step before that and the step before that until you are at the present tense. It's so easy to stand right here uh, and look forward and the world is endless. So you never see the end. And, and so it's easy then to get distracted. But if you think backwards, then you've already taken off all of those things that are going to distract you. And you, you've got a much clearer course of action. Interesting. So, you know, I would guess that one of those things would be making sure you have the resources on board to get where you need to go, right, to accomplish that vision. Um, mm -hmm. What kinds of things in sort of this hyper leverage approach are important to make sure that you have? Is there a checkbox that you have resources or is it just unique to every project? Well, most projects are unique in none of themselves, but the process of thinking about it is systematic. And, and, and so I go back to those four, four things, deconstructing, using, you know, go by yourself or get in touch with me. I'll send you a little, little <laughs> prism. Uh, I have it in front of me every day to remind myself to always break things into their component parts. So uh, that's a, something that you can do on any project. Just stop. Don't think that you have the immediate answer, which is our gut thing. We, we tend to want to, uh, we want to do things rather than think about things beforehand. So stop, think, you know, deconstruct. Uh, any marketing project should do the same thing. Yeah. And, and have such, you know, we talk about vision, having a clear vision, but it's really tough to have that clear vision if, like I said, if you're only thinking forward because there's just so many other things. Think backwards, be as, as, uh, as close to you can in terms of what you really want that final result to be. And, and it could be different milestones along the way. It doesn't mean that you, know, you have to have that final, final vision, um, objective right there spelled out because things will change. And so it's easier to break it into snackable you know, milestones. I mean, nothing unique in that concept other than I'm saying start from the end and work to the to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely get that. It makes a lot of sense. So perhaps maybe a few recommendations to leave people with, things that they can put into action now. Well, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift back to content. Okay. And one of the things about content, I said content is a great equalizer for any company. Uh, 
but you've got to make it part of your company DNA. And what I have found is that content, just like when I was working with video marketing, it got compartmentalized there. It's like its own thing, but it isn't its own thing anymore. Content is pervasive in everything we do. In fact, if it's not part of a company's marketing DNA, then that then then you're you really have to rethink, you know, how you how you market things. Uh, the second thing I think is uh, what I would recommend to people is to do that content audit. Sit down and think, how are you using content? Are you repurposing it? If I write a blog, I write a blog thinking that I'm going to turn that maybe into a podcast. I may turn it into a guest article that I can then put on somebody else's place. I can obviously put it on social media, but I could also take little snippets of it. That's one way that uh, you can repurpose, and you have to think about um, how you're going to do your marketing. Everything should be repurposed. Everything should be thinking that content is an asset. It's a resource needs to be used over and over again. So that's that's definitely one thing that I would recommend for people to do. The other thing is just slow down and think. Really, uh, I get more done by taking a half hour out of my day and just thinking. Then I'm ready to go and do things. Uh, it's really tough to shut down my email and my Slack and my you know, 700 different other ways that people are trying to invade my time. But my right. time is so important to me. I, I need to leverage my time the best. Every marketer needs to do that. Yeah, I, you know, we get so busy. And like you say, we have interruptions from all these sources. And it's so easy to get caught up in the next task and the next task and the next one or the next meeting or what have you. But it's really invaluable for the inspiration to strike <laughs> and to <laughs> think through what needs to be done to take that time every day to really examine what you have to do and what's on the horizon and creative approaches to things. Yeah. yeah. It's true because you know, what I find, uh, it's a little lesson I learned. I used to do uh, improv comedy. And I, I wasn't good at it, but there are certain lessons that, that somebody's told you in life that just resonates with you. And so my instructor said, you know, if you're stuck, you know, you don't know how to react to something on stage, just start walking and it will come to you. And that resonated with me. Whenever I am stuck trying to get an idea or get clarity, I just walk. I get up and I walk and walk and walk. It used to be, you know, when I could never sit down and have a telephone conversation. I had to <laughs> always be walking. You know, now, yeah. now, now we're stuck in front of our screens you know, during the, uh, you know, the last year. So it's hard for me to walk around and talk and, and be in front of a screen anymore. But that's something I, I would suggest to people. Just try that. You know, when you're stuck for an idea, just start walking. That's, that's great advice. That's fabulous. And yes, I, I feel your pain stuck in front of a, a screen because I do that. And even when we came and we're working remotely, you know, I would, I would do the lap in my house around the kitchen, dining room, living room, <laughs> talking, you know, so, but yeah, it's good. Good ideas. Good ideas. Well, I think we are about out of time, but thank you so much for joining us today. Um, let me let you plug your book real fast. If you want to get a copy of Joel's book, uh, Hyper Leverage, where can they go find that? Well, it's uh, it's on Amazon um, and on iBooks. So you can get it, um, you can download it, you know, as an ebook, 
or you can purchase the uh, the actual paperback book on uh, Amazon. All right, very good, very good. And also, uh, we'll include the link to both Besterly.com and the book that you can go buy on Amazon in the description for this podcast episode. So thank you so much for your time today, Joel. We really appreciate it, and hopefully we'll see you again in the future. Well, thank you, Laura. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and drop us a review on iTunes. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love to hear from you. Tag me on Twitter at CMOGTE podcast and let me know what you think about the show and if there's any topic you'd like to hear about in the future. And until next time, this is Laura Cuddle, your host from the CMO's Guide to Everything.